Welcome to Awakening Divine Wildness, hosted by inspirational speaker and best-selling author, Mal Duane. Mal invites you to embrace your divine wildness with powerful conversations with visionary women. Listen in and learn how to move from pain and heartache to forgiveness and freedom so you can live the life you deserve. Welcome. I have such a great show today, but I have to tell you, if you're not into deliberate creating, then you may not want to listen to this because we have the expert today. My guest is Bryna Haynes, and Bryna is a philosopher, a seeker, a waymaker, a coach, an award-winning best-selling author, and she's the creator of Choose Your Evolution. She empowers others to harness their own power as creators and live in their genius through conscious choices, inspired action, new perspectives, and most importantly, knowing how to ask the right questions. Bryna was given the evolution equation after momentous choice to embody her own creative potential and deliberately design a life full of joy and spiritual growth as well as achievement and accomplishment. You can find Bryna at her site, chooseyourevolution.blog. And I am so excited to have this girl join us today. How are you, my friend? I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much. That was a gorgeous introduction. I love the dramatic delivery. It actually makes me really excited to be me, which is so cool. (laughs) And the other thing I want to point out is that you're not only brilliant about Choose Your Evolution and, and helping women become powerful creators, but you also are probably the best editor in the industry. And I know I've worked with you personally and you brought me to a point of a head full of just jammed with ideas down to a very concise outline where I was able to let my voice flow, my ideas come out and create something and birth a new baby that I'm so proud of. And it's all thanks to you, girl, that Broken Open is coming out in 2019. Yay! I'm so excited for your book. I really am. And, you know, to me, the the work on book and idea development is, is not separate from what I'm doing with Choose Your Evolution. It's simply, um, it's this distillation of ideas that we get to play with and we get to have choice around. And whether those ideas are manifesting through a book or in other aspects of your reality, it's all in the end, the same thing. We are constantly magnificently creating. Love it. So take us through this powerful program that you have now created in your teaching, because I've had the pleasure of going through your course. It's just amazing. And I want the audience to, to get a really rich taste of what that's all about. Oh, thank you so much. So um, my take on reality creation, conscious creation, um, deliberate manifestation is, um, I jokingly call it the law of attraction for skeptics, because because, um, for, for someone like me who's a chronic overthinker, typical ways of approaching reality creation manifestation 
feel a little bit out of alignment. And not that there's anything wrong with the way that we've previously been taught to create and manifest. Actually, it all makes perfect sense. But when you are a a doer, an overthinker, a skeptic, um, this idea of simply imagining what it is that you want and then acting or feeling as if you already have that, it feels like a stretch, right? Um, And a lot of times, and this was always my problem, is that I have no idea how as if feels. Like, I know that I want to have this magnificent business where I'm, I'm changing the world, but I don't know how it feels to be a business owner at that magnitude. I don't have that experience. And while I can sort of plug and play some aspects of it based on imagination, I actually need to give myself tastes of that reality and and do it in a really deliberate and, and very incremental way so that I can actually evolve into the person who can have my dream. And what I've found is that this work has been so powerful for people who just weren't quite sure how to bridge the gap from here to there. So what I teach about and what I work with with my coaching clients is this process that I call experiential creation. So instead of simply imagining that you have what it is that you want, you find ways to create it in your reality here and now so that you can replicate the feeling over and over while affirming to yourself that it's actually possible for you to have what you're dreaming about. So for example, um, if someone was to want to, um, you know, we'll use, we'll use your example, uh, someone wants to write a book right? And that person has never written anything before. They have no experience of themselves as a writer or an author. Um, What we would do is we would actually create specific action steps during the process of creating the actual thing, book, create specific action steps for that person to actually see herself as an author and then reinforce that cognitively using really simple neurohacking techniques um, so that her reality keeps the pace with her creation. And so she sees herself as an author. She feels herself as an author. And then the actual manifestation has to follow that. Um, and so I think to, to me, a lot of really, really creative people don't see themselves as embodying the end results. And so the project never follows that trail. It gets dissolved, it gets lost, it gets set aside. Um, but when we are able to give ourselves the experience of the end result incrementally, reinforce it, build new habits, patterns, ways of seeing ourselves, then the results in the physical world manifest much more quickly and much more naturally. So you talk about neurohacks, which I've heard, I haven't heard anybody else really discuss that out there. So you immediately caught my attention and give us some neurohacks. Let's, let's play with this concept of somebody wanting to write a book, because I know so many powerful women out there that are luminaries that have really fabulous content They want to get it into a book, but they struggle. So I think that's a great example to use for this audience. 
what would be some neuro hacks that someone could use to to start to feel like they're an author to to envision that to experience it absolutely so when we have um, a belief that exists for us already that belief is not necessarily in the forefront of our minds. That belief has migrated into our subconscious. Now, when we want to change a belief, the best way that I found for myself, and there are multiple ways to do this, but the best way that I found for myself is to actually take an action that sets me up in a light of whatever it is that I want to be. And then I can use particular techniques to reinforce to my brain that I am being in this new way and affirming to my brain that not only am I being in this new way in this moment, it is possible for me to be in this new way. So something um, like a really, really simple one, um, and this doesn't have anything to do with books, but you'll see where I'm going with this. So a really, really simple one is... um, I really want to be a person who takes care of my body, right? And we have this want, you know, whether it's like lose weight or get fit or eat better, right? We look at those sort of like hard hard results, but we haven't backed it up to the type of person who actually enjoys those results. So if I am a person who can lose 30 pounds in six months, I am a person who takes care of my body. Now, probably if we're struggling to take care of our bodies, we might have some sort of subconscious belief that says, I am not a person who knows how to care for myself. Or maybe that belief says, I am not a person who values my body. Or I am not a person who can be healthy, right? There's some belief there. And so it's simple to change that. We don't even have to know what the current belief is. All we have to do is take a very small action that shows us that we care for our body. So, for example, when we go to the gym, even if it's just once a week, while we are working out, we say to ourselves, I am a person who takes care of my body. I am doing this action because I am a person who, plug in the rest, right? Whatever it is that we want to become and believe. And so what that does is it interrupts the subconscious thought patterns and it implants a new thought because here you are doing this action and you're proving without a shadow of a doubt that you are here at the gym taking care of your body. And then your brain with that affirmation actually accepts that new reality. If you do that three or four or five times, your brain will start to tell you every time you go to skip your visit to the gym or pick up that bag of potato chips, your brain will actually start to say to you, I am a person who takes care of my body. And your process will be interrupted by this new belief. It's fascinating stuff. So when it comes to redefining ourselves with a new project, like becoming an author for the first time, or maybe it's starting your dream business, something like that. You really have to think about the person who can actually have your dream. So if you are a, you know, international best-selling author, what does that version of you do every day? What does that version of you think about herself, about her book, about her work in the world? 
how does that person show up to her desk every day? If you're an international best-selling author, you're probably not putting off writing for weeks at a time because it's probably important that you do your writing. So you think about who is this person who has what I want? And then you hone in on just one or two sort of simple things. Well, if I'm an international best-selling author, I probably make time to write every day or at least close to every day. If I'm an international best-selling author, I probably talk about my book with a sense of ownership and excitement. If I'm an international best-selling author, I probably tell people I'm an author at networking functions, right? (laughs) Like simple, simple stuff. The key is in that neurohacking piece because it's not enough to just like just think the thoughts about what it will be like when you have your thing, you actually have to take a small action step and do that reinforcement. So for example, if you are just starting to write your book, but you have this end version of yourself in mind who is an international best-selling author, you go to a networking event. Someone asks you, like, what are you up to? And your usual sort of thing is to be like, oh, well, I'm kind of like starting this writing process. I might eventually write a book. You're going to do something different because the version of you who has what you want would not dither like that over her book. She'd be like, wow, I'm writing the next bestseller in the field of personal development. (laughs) And she'd own it. And then when you do that, when you take that action that's outside of your norm and your comfort zone, you reinforce that with the affirmation. I spoke about my book that way because I am a person who owns my value as an author, or I am a person who follows through with my commitments to myself, or whatever it is that makes you feel really empowered, whatever you are intending to become, that's what you affirm through your action. So what you're saying is taking excuse me, making conscious choices for action that's a little bit outside of your comfort zone, a little bit outside of that daily routine, stretching yourself slightly. And while you're performing those actions, you're affirming it with positive mental reinforcement. Exactly. So when most people think about changing their lives, they think they have to burn all the bridges and build entirely new castles and like just blow up everything and start fresh. And the reason that we never change our lives when we're in that mentality is because it's too much. Our brains are designed to love the status quo. It's a protective mechanism built into our ego structure. And so When we think about doing the big change, all of a sudden our brain goes, alert, alert, alert. Like we go into like damage control mode, right? We think of all the reasons why we can't do it. And we think of all the reasons why it's not going to work or we just never start. And that's okay because that's actually the way our brains are built. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're serious about creating change, and you keep having these false starts because you're trying to go big or go home, chances are you're going to do much, much better with these little incremental actions, affirming them, allowing yourself to become someone other than who you're being right now. 
And to me, that was the, the real turning point for me was understanding the difference between who I am and who I'm being. And once I got that difference, I was able to make these little shifts in behavior without feeling like who I was was being challenged. Because that's another one that we always run into when we're thinking about change. My God, I'm not going to be me anymore. I mean, how many times in your life has you, have you felt that when you're on the verge of a big breakthrough? I'm not going to be me anymore. This is so scary. Who am I going to be? Well, you're, who you are is never going to change. Who you're being is a moment-to-moment thing, and you have total choice around that every moment of every day. Oh, speaking of technology, there. Yeah. <laughs> <We have laughs> interruptions, and I forgot to silence my phone. Now, an interesting point. You bring up that the mind doesn't want to take those leaps. And really, it's that ego that's in us that I talk about a lot with women. There, there's two voices in our heads. One, that's the ego, that's to keep us safe, make sure we don't get hit by a bus, but also keeps us small. It's that small thinking, oh, no, way too much. You're stretching yourself. And it's, it's that fearful voice where then if we can learn to take that fearful voice and work with it in increments is what you're saying. Take it along in realistic steps. Don't try to stretch it too fast too soon. We're not going to get that resistance. We're not going to get that pushback that ultimately says, oh God, I can't do it. And like you stop. Well, yes and no. So one of the things that I've discovered is that no matter what, the first time you do something, it is never going to be comfortable or easy. And anyone who tells you that it will is bullshitting you. Like, sorry, <laughs> it's just the way it is. Um, because there's something, and um, for those of you who are familiar with Mel Robbins and her work, she talks about something called the confidence competency. And basically, there's no possible way that you can have confidence in a particular action until you've actually done it. It's common sense, right? Like, how am I going to be confident in doing this new thing until I've actually done it? But most of us are waiting to feel confident enough to take the next step. It's never going to happen. It's just not. And so what we have to realize is that the discomfort is going to be there regardless. Taking small evolutionary steps toward what we want instead of the big giant leap off a cliff minimizes the discomfort enough that we can live with it. Uh, I'm not going to take it away, but it's going to minimize it enough that we can live with it. So the other thing that I recommend to people is that when you're trying something new, you're trying on a new version of you for size, right? I'm going to become a person who values myself. I'm going to become a person who takes care of my body. I'm going to become a person who owns her talent as a writer, whatever it is, right? As you're trying on that new way of being for size, you don't have to make an all or nothing change. You can try it on for 48 hours. You know what? For 48 hours, I'm going to test this new behavior. I'm going to try out being a person who values herself and see how that feels. And then you take these actions that are outside your comfort zone or that are non-habitual for you. But if they don't work, you don't have to keep doing them. 
if they don't feel good when you do them, which chances are they will, but if they don't, you don't have to keep doing them. We think so much about our own change and evolutionary process in, in black and white terms, and that's just not the case. We have constant ability, constant options to choose from. We are always swirling in a sea of possibility. And every moment is a new opportunity to choose a different way of being if the way that we're being is not aligned with what we want, who we want to be, what we want to create. We are never short on choice. It's simply that we default habitually. And one of the things that I've been saying as I've been, I've been teaching this, um, we've all heard, I know you know this quote from Einstein, you can't solve a problem from the same level of thinking that created it. Well, I actually want to take that one step further and say that you can't solve a problem from the same level of being that created it. If I am being a person who does not value myself, I cannot solve that problem by continuing to be a person who does not value myself and waiting for some trigger to push me into a new orbit of value. Not going to happen. I have to choose it. I have to literally be different in my life to change that vibration. We cannot wait for an outside impetus for change. We have to create a new way of being and then allow that to roll the change forward. We are the inception of that motion. Oh, I love it. So the evolution equation is? Okay, so the evolution equation. This is um, something that was given to me as part of this larger download. And the evolution equation states that energy plus environment equals evolution. And here's what that means. Energy is our intention, our action. The changes that we make to who we're being in the moment so that we are more aligned with the person who can receive what we want to create. All of those actions, the neurohacking, the affirmation, that all falls in the energy piece of the equation. But here's the thing. We can't always be in that state of constant um, conscious manifesting. We have other stuff to do. We have to like do dishes and go grocery shopping. And, you know, I've got two little kids and I'm running around with them. And we're not always in that conscious creation mode. We can take deliberate action multiple times a day, but in the other 55 minutes of the hour, what's going on, right? And this is where so many people get tripped up in their manifestation because this passive component of environment is not supporting what they say they want to create. So environment is everything from the people you hang out with to your physical space to time and how you relate to time and also your habitual and sort of subliminal thoughts and emotions and the, just your physical body and how that affects you. Um, so when we talk about environment in the evolution equation, what we're talking about is the passive resonance of the rest of your life outside of your actual 
actions toward manifestation. So for example, it's said that we are the sum of the five people we spend the most time with. And this is true. Not just because we have certain social conventions or certain um, ways of being around certain people, but it's actually about energy and resonance. So we have a magnetic field in our heart that expands and extends five to eight or more feet away from our body. We are basically in a walking bubble of heart magnetic energy. And when we are with other people, we are bumping up against their heart fields and their particular vibrations. And so you notice that when you spend time with certain people, you either feel uplifted or you feel pulled down or maybe you feel sort of status quo. And that has to do with the combination of your magnetic fields overlapping. So because we are social creatures and we like to fit in and we like to have smooth social dynamics, we will often unconsciously or semi-consciously shift our vibration to better align with the people that we're with. It's just the way it goes. So uh, we can, you know, we can make changes to this consciously. But if we're constantly in an environment that's filled with people who bring us down, who don't believe in us, who constantly contradict our dreams, that is not going to be supportive to what we're creating. And so we want to make sure that we're spending time with people who lift us up, that we're spending time in a physical space that feels aligned with what we want to create, that we are creating an internal environment in our bodies, in our thoughts, in our emotions, um, that is closer to where we want to be. And that's not to say that you should fire all of your grumpy friends and move and you know, do all the things. Um, it's not, again, it's not about those big actions. It's really about choosing throughout your day to up-level the vibration of your environment to align with what it is that you want to create. So if you are not living and spending time with people who are really uplifting and really supportive, listen to podcasts. You know, spend some time with uh, with audiobooks with authors who are embodying and speaking about and, and inspiring you along the pathway of your dream. It doesn't have to be in person. We, um, we're not subject to the limitations of time and space. We can be in someone else's energy bubble, even if we're 5,000 miles away. Um, so we can make these deliberate choices around our environment to support and eventually up-level all of the practices that we do through the experiential creation piece, which is the, um, you know, the behavior change, the neural reinforcement, and eventually, you know, shifting the way that we habitually behave in our lives. So we have energy. Yeah. Just about people in your environment. Um, And that could be challenging for someone who is working their way up, doesn't have the connections or the immediate associations. So you've mentioned, you know, podcasts, audiobooks. What about like some meetup groups or online groups, um, like on Facebook, just getting in so that you can mingle with these people? Totally. Absolutely. And if you sit quietly for a moment and ask for some guidance about 
how do I connect with people who are, are going to uplift and inspire me? You'll get something. It might be a meetup group. It might be a podcast. It might be some sort of Facebook networking group. I mean, there are so many possibilities right now in our amazingly technical world that we don't have to be right next to someone to benefit from associating with them. And so, again, it's not about making those giant changes. Like, you know, if you feel your significant other isn't supportive, you don't have to dump them. Maybe you just need to spend a little of your time with someone who feels very uplifting right now. And then the energy dynamic shifts. You start to believe in yourself. You start to make some strides, change some habits. And that in itself will change your relationship dynamic because you're being someone new. And so the partnership adjusts itself. Mm -hmm. So, so many of us, we think that, you know, if we're on this path of self-development, we've got to just shed everything and burn all the bridges. It's just not true. If that's the right thing for you to do, you will know it and it will feel aligned. But don't ever feel pressured to make these sweeping changes in the name of personal evolution. I think that it ends, it, it doesn't change the patterning that caused those situations in the first place, right? So in order, I forget who says this, but uh, in order for it to be okay to leave, you have to get to the place where it's okay to stay, right? Um, so in terms of your physical space, same thing applies. If you're in a living situation that doesn't feel aligned with what you want to create, you know, you want to have a million dollar business and you're in a one room apartment, right? A little bit of disparity there, but how do you make your one room apartment into a luxurious sanctuary? Well, 200 bucks at TJ Maxx would probably get you that, right? You don't need to go buy a luxury condo in order to have a space that feels like a million dollars. And so um, these little changes that we can make in our environment, um, and, you know, they're, they're very specific to us personally and what we want to create, um, but they're very easy to do. And then when you come home to that million-dollar space in your studio apartment, you say, wow, the, I, I just feel so abundant here. I am a person who is inviting abundance. You know, whatever it is your little mantra is. And you start to make those associations, and eventually those become your patterns. And once those become your patterns, you are vibrating at a whole new level, and your reality cannot help but follow suit. Oh, I love it. I love it. So the audience who wants to get into deeper conversation about all of this and really understand it, um, you know, in a very detailed way, I know you have a spectacular offer for the audience, a giveaway. Oh, thank you. Yes, it's really important to me to get this work out there because I really do feel like it's the bridge from where we are to where we all need to be to be the change we want to see in the world. That to me is the greater imperative. It's fantastic that we all get to live into our dreams. But what we sometimes forget is that by doing that, we literally change the world. And so if you are feeling like you have a mission, an imperative for up-leveling 
to, for evolving, for all of that. I just am so excited to share this information with you. So I have a free seven-part masterclass video series that's at chooseyourevolution.blog. And uh, there's a link literally right at the top of that homepage. Um, the video series is completely free. It's not a sales pitch. It's not a leading into another program kind of thing. It's just information to help you start this experiential creation process and just get familiar with how reality creation can work in this new light. Um, so yeah, it's totally free to sign up and you can watch it at your own pace. All together, all seven videos, I think the length is about the same as a standard webinar. They're about 10 minutes, a couple are a little bit longer, but just easily digestible chunks. So you can listen when you have time start implementing some of these steps toward experiential creation. And I want to hear about how you change your reality as a result. I really am so excited when I hear from people to say, I changed this and I, I did it in three days and it's amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I did your video program and it, I loved it. I thought they were just wonderful. Yeah, excellent. Thank so, Bryna, thank you so much for stopping in today and sharing all of this. You know, I, I love the law of attraction. I love manifestation, you know, being deliberate about creating what we want in life because as women, so many of us get stuck thinking we can't, but we absolutely can. And it's women like you showing us how to get there. So bless you, girl. Thank this you so much. It's always wonderful to share space with you. Thank you, dear. Thanks for listening to Awakening Divine Wildness. If you like what you heard, please share this podcast with a friend and leave some stars and a favorable review at iTunes. And be sure to visit MalduaneCoach.com for your free Heal Your Heart, Reclaim Your Worth six-week video course.